Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Welcome in team, Lisa Tarmati here and welcome to the show. This week I have two lovely friends of mine, Pele Scott uh, and Scott Homaha from B360. Uh, Today we're talking everything about the entrepreneurial journey. We're also talking about well-being, uh, corporate well-being, understanding the the process for mental health. And it's a bit of a deep dive into um, really taking well-being as your priority in your life, uh, understanding what that means from a uh, business perspective as well from the corporate side of things and bringing in well-being programs and also a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey as uh, both uh, Pele, Scott and I are all entrepreneurs and some of the stresses and things that go with that. So I hope you do enjoy the show. Um, before we head over to the interview, just want to let you know um, we've got some big plans coming up. Uh, we're at the beginning of organizing a fantastic conference next year. This is going to be something I'm super excited about. It's all a, um, an anti-aging and longevity conference. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have two good friends of mine. I have Pele and Scott. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic. And Paul Scott is over in Melbourne, so he's had to get up really early. So we're going to see the sunrise in Melbourne behind you. So that's quite nice. (laughs) So thanks for getting up early. Um, So you guys, we met, uh, you you got me to come and speak at one of your amazing B360 conferences uh, a couple of months ago now. Uh, I was super amazed at that that conference that it was just a wonderful atmosphere and the teachings were amazing and the people were amazing. Um, can you guys give us a little bit of a backstory as to how you got there? So if each of you could just tell us your, your, your sort of your backstory in a nutshell um, and then we'll move it forward from there. So I'll let you go. Uh, <laughs> well, you go, Scott. You're over. You're far away. You start. All right. Yeah, no, nah, well, the wellbeing journey and the conference that, that we hosted this year was our second one, Lisa. So we had our first one um, last year. And yeah, it took a while to get there, to, to be honest. Um, I guess from, from our beginnings, it was, it all started um, a few years ago. Pelly and I have been good friends for, for many, many years. Um, and we just shared this passion for wellbeing. Um, we shared it with a number of friends and families, colleagues and professionals around just how to, how to approach wellbeing in different ways and, and what ways sort of landed best for us. Um, and, and from that, um, we basically, uh, developed, um, our own framework or approach to wellbeing. And after a couple of years and, and before getting the conferences up and running, um, we were very, doing various pieces of work, trying to get different projects off the ground and working with different people. But a lot of it was uh, out of our control in terms of getting anything up and running. And we just wanted to share the the framework that we had that was helpful for us personally. Um, And we, you know, believed it could help a lot of other people navigate that that area that we call well-being, which is, you know, when you, when you, when you really reflect on it, what even is it? Um, and yeah, it wasn't until we went to a conference in Auckland right before lockdown. I think the conference we were at, the Wellbeing Summit, was actually featured on the COVID news because it was <laughs> such a big event and everything was just happening and, and shutting up. We went there in Auckland and, and we thought, you know, this was an amazing day and, and we could run the same thing in our own backyard down in Palmerston North, Manawatu. Um, so basically from that conference, we were like, nah, let's let's put ourselves on the line. Um, let's get out there. Let's do something. Let's share our, our framework and, and our knowledge around well-being and let's bring some amazing people to to share their stories um, around their own well-being as well to to help, you know, as many people as we can. So that's basically how, how the, the Wellbeing Journey Conference started and that's where we're here uh, today is B360 um, and, and getting into a number of other avenues as well. Oh, brilliant. And, and Scott, you, you've got a background. You're a, a chartered accountant and a financial, uh, help people with their finances and help businesses 
you know, startups and things like that. Can you give us a little bit of a background um, of your professional life, so to speak, prior to all this? Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess one thing about Pelly and I, we're complete opposites in that spectrum. Uh, <laughs> we're just which, always good in business. <laughs> <laughs> which works really well. It's, uh, yeah, no, so my background is, yeah, I, I did um, about six years as CA, um, a chartered accountant working with um, businesses, small to medium enterprises. Um, and then I <clears throat> moved into wealth management as a financial advisor. And it was there that I got to see and, and help a lot of people manage their finances, their long-term investments. Um, but throughout that stage, I was always um, quite conscious and quite, um, uh, you know, I always valued my own well-being and, and, and primarily in a physical sense. I grew up playing rugby uh, all of my life. Uh, I loved training. I loved to be in the gym and getting a sweat up. And, and it was there that Pelle and I really formed a, a bond um, which he can share with you, you know, after, but um, always had that passion and sense. And so to be able to bring uh, two skill sets in terms of my business and commercial background into uh, B360, which at the core is about well-being, just ticked a lot of boxes for me. And, and it's something that I'm really passionate about and, and really grateful to be on this journey, building this business and, and getting out there and sharing, um, well, just talking about well-being, really. Yeah, brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, and Pele, give, give us your background. You're a dad of five kids for starters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's, oh, it's, it's a pleasure being on here, Lisa, and um, I'll just give a little bit of intro. Kuwaio, Hudi Tene, no te wai paunamu, mingati hao mo hoki, ki te tau toku mama, kora ki te manga, kuaitaki te awa, ko kaitau te iwi, pilio mo toku ingoa. Yes, uh, I am a father of five, um, and they're, they're a huge inspiration to me and um, pretty much my everything. I think um, if I trace back to, you know, this sort of the, the beginnings of my professional career, I, I, I worked in youth justice, working alongside um, young people, um, saw the benefits in helping them uh, rehabilitate and, and transition back into the community um, and saw a lot of benefit in, in actually working with the community in, in terms of um, just you know, uh, looking at how um, passing on knowledge and sharing value to people can can really sort of translate into somebody changing their lives, mm-hmm. um, which became a, a, a real addiction for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I started um, moving into that space a lot more outside of the work that I was doing and um, started up boot camps and what have you. And um, like Scott said, we, we started with about, you know, 10 friends um, which grew overnight within three four weeks we had 50 people turn up to trainings and it was crazy <laughs> it was like a that, that people talk about cults and things like that but it was just a community of like-minded people you know all on a journey to to just pursuing better and I think um, when you when you start to um, to invest time into other people and see the changes and things like that it just becomes so addictive and you know what it's like uh, mm. Scott knows what it's like and and <clears throat> That's why we're in this business. I think it's 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 um, that's the the true reward in it. And so, um, through throughout that journey, I I ended up um, owning a gym for about six seven years and um, found myself doing everything under the sun, wearing about ten hats. And yeah. you no, know, it's it's not conducive to looking after yourself and and you know you're you're serving everyone else but um, yourself. And and that priority, I had to had to shift. I think um, that made me sort of. Um, look at myself in the mirror and really look at my own well-being um, and make some really hard decisions and um, during that time uh, you know the community that we had built was like another family it was an extension of you know who I was because we had spent six seven years together having barbecues training you know I was down there day and night and um, it was it was really uh, really hard for me to break away from that um, mahi but after selling that the, the gym, I, I moved into the health space and the health sector um, and now working in the wellbeing sector um, for primary health organisation as well as um, B360. And so I, I do I only working part time. It's only a small part of my day, but it is it is a massive piece of, of you know, who I am. I still like to give back to the community. And and likewise with B360, this is where where it's landed now. Um you know, sharing all that knowledge that I've that I've gained through social services, through um, the 
the gym business and now in the health and wellbeing sector. It's um, it's all you know encompassing and and really looking forward to sharing some value on this call to you. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely gold. And and you know what I find them, you know, there's a couple of ways that this conversation. I want to talk about the entrepreneurial journey. Like you know, we're all entrepreneurs. We're we're doing that. We're chasing our passions and our dreams. And I, you know, I just want to encourage other people out there who may be stuck in some job that they don't like or in a business that they don't like. And, you know, uh, listening to other people on their entrepreneurial journeys, I think is always an enlightening, um, uh, you know, conversation that we can have because, you know, it's scary to jump off out of something that you know you've, you've nailed, you've got it sussed. It's going well, you know, one's a chartered accountant, one's running a gym, you know, life's good. We're, we're, we're good to go. And then realizing, hang on, there's more that I want to do and that you don't have to stay in the same thing forever. Um, and, you know, being, being willing to some, at some point jump off the cliff and see whether you can fly. Um, you don't always, <laughs> I'll tell you, <laughs> having fallen off a few, <laughs> a few cliffs of my time. Um, but every time you learn and you, you iterate and you change and you develop, and what was important for me out of that conversation that you just, uh, you know, the introduction was that, you know, you got to a point where you realized you're serving everybody else and where the hell is Pele? You know, where, where is his health? Where is his well-being? And I think, you know, when you get to a certain age, you start to realize that life is shorter than you thought it was going to be. <laughs> and, you know, your kids are growing all the time and you better start uh, looking after yourself and, you know, preaching to myself here because, yeah, in, in, in the entrepreneurial journey is always this this tension between, you know, you've got this big vision that, you know, and I know you guys' vision, I know it's big and I want to be a part of it and that's that's great and at the same time not breaking yourself because you're working over here and you're building, you know, you're building this up on the side. So how has that transition been for you both? You know, if we go back to you, Scott, how – in uh, doing, you know, multiple jobs and building a business on, on the side and, and having the persistence to carry on through for, you know, it takes a long time when you're doing something on the side. How's that been for you, Scott? Yeah, it's been a um, certainly a, a challenge or journey. Um, I think for, I guess, coming from my background and, and being somewhat uh, conservative, Ben, I was always sort of a little bit hesitant just to jump off the cliff. Mm. Um, There were conversations that I was having with a lot of friends, though, in terms of, um, you know, the opportunity that was in front and and, and following that passion and building a business. Um, So I've I've always been involved in various avenues inside of work, outside of work. And so for me, it's really just, um, so I still have um, an employment and part-time through, through our business like Pelly, but there's always that fine line between, all right, what if I can commit more time um, into what we're doing here, what, what could be achieved? And so for me, I've always tried to create that space while also having some security behind me as well. So I haven't worked a full five-day week um, in an employment for the last uh, six years. Yep. Wow. And so I've actually just put that, on the forward and being proactive in those conversations with employers and going, look, this is where I'm heading. Like I still enjoy what I do here because I do truly still enjoy what I do there, mm-hmm. but I also um, enjoy and want to build, you know, our own business and, and in this space. So I've always just tried to navigate and, and, and be proactive in those conversations to try and figure out what's going to work, I guess for me, um, but also how it works for the other parties involved as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just weighing up that capacity. To be completely honest, there's probably um, the plate is super full. Um, yeah. <laughs> Every you know, entrepreneur's plate's full. <laughs> and, and, and it feels like when you're in that state, the, the plate's full because there's so much opportunity out there in, in various avenues. And so big part of actually coming over to Melbourne was one to celebrate my brother's 40th birthday but was also to carve some time out and just reflect on where things are at for me and, you know, have that time out of my sort of environment, my usual environment, to really lay out everything and go, well, you know, what does the next six months look like 
we've got some massive goals with B360 and it's really starting to build the momentum. And I think yeah. momentum is a massive thing. Um, for a business, we want to be a sustainable business. You know, we want to we want to build a team around us. We, we want to want, want to bring you on, Lisa, and get mm. you really stuck in. But we also want to be smart about it too, and not um, expose ourselves to too much risk or get to ourselves where we're you know over promising and not able to provide some security to the team members that we we want to have there one day. So. For me and, and 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 the accountant hat on, cash flow is a big thing. Yeah. Those businesses, you know, it's a it's a funny space we work in. And well being, there's a lot of organisations that are funded by grants. Hey, we went down that route, and and there are a lot of funding available, but we just don't want to be constantly jumping through hoops, hoops, yeah. hoops, only to get to the end and be going. Sorry, that you're just not right in the position that we are, and and often that position is all right. Show us your 36 month financials, and we'll, um, you know, that you've got a healthy balance sheet, and we'll, we'll fund you. And and so it's like, well, we're still sort of you know at that very early stage, so um, it's just getting out there. There's there's quite a bit of hustle involved as well. It's just getting forward. But yep. when it's being driven by the passion, it, it, it makes it easier to get in front and have those conversations because you yeah. know what you're doing is going to help a lot of people. Yeah, and then so you got your passion behind it, and we'll get into B360 and the whole, you know, the philosophy and your framework and things in a, in a minute. But, you know, I just, um, you know, as, as an entrepreneur who's wearing a 1,000 hats a day and um, running multiple projects, um, you know, <laughs> supplements and coaching and, you know, one-on-one and packages and, you know, speaking and and, and just, just going from, you know, left to right to left to right to all over the show, and it's and it's really really challenging. Um, there's sometimes where you just sit down and go, "What the hell am I doing?" You know, like, <laughs> "Why am I doing this?" There is an easier because there's always an easy way out. Hey, there's always the easier. Oh, I'll go back to the tried and true something I know I'm good at and and um, have that security. And you know, I don't, I don't, I think people do need to like always consider, especially when you've got kids and family or, um, or wife or husband, and you've got mortgages and things. You can't just go and be stupid and you know. Um, when you when you're young, you can you know, like when you've got no responsibilities. I think you've got a. I, I certainly you know just followed my dreams when I was young and had some amazing adventures that way. Um, but it's stepping out slowly. I think is it isn't a bad thing to do. You know, um, stepping out of the nine to five and the and the the cubicle life perhaps that you've been in, and then you know creating your own world and your own destiny. And it does require a self-motivated mindset and it does require a certain, you know, an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I've known since I was a kid that I'm an entrepreneur. Like I didn't have the words for it back then, but I always wanted to run my own ship. I never wanted to be under anybody. I was unemployable, basically. I Even when I left school and I was a good student, you know, like I had half a brain. Um, but when I actually came to the corporate world, I started working at state insurance. Oh, my God. You couldn't have put me in a worse place, you know, at 18 years old. And um, then I, I quickly scuttled back to studying. <laughs> I actually was going to be a chartered accountant because my dad wanted me to be an accountant. Failed at that as well because I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> I was good at it. I was actually good at it. the schoolwork, right, the study. But um, the adventures were calling, you know. So in the middle of that, I took off <coughs> and started adventuring around the world. But um, it, 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 I just knew that I wasn't going to fit into that uh, a box of anybody else's making. Didn't matter how good they were. Didn't matter how nice the boss was. It doesn't didn't matter. I I, I like to run my own ship, and I've got that really strong. Um, sort of mentality around that, I suppose, and that need for freedom <laughs> um, and for creative expression and all of that sort of jazz. Did you have that from the get-go, Scott? Like, did you, or did you, you were quite happy in that corporate space, but you just wanted more and this well-being and, and fitness and health and mental health is is your jam? Yeah, it's, um, I think it was, yeah, it was a bit of a balance. It was there and it wasn't there. I um, I think growing up, I was always, um, I always enjoyed and did well in the schoolwork and in, in that classroom environment. 
but at the same time, I was always quite um, disruptive and distracting to others because, you know, I was able to absorb everything, but I still wanted to hang out with my mates and muck around in class. And so um, I think that all came down to sort of, you know, wanting that freedom and, and I always sort of budged with a little bit of authority. It used to yeah. clash every now and then. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so, just me then. <laughs> yeah, when I was younger, I was always the one sort of hanging outside the classroom because I got kicked out. But, um, In the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, where my life's gone now and, and where I, I want it to be is, you know, I, I want to be at the tables you know, I worked so hard in that accounting and, and, and corporate environment to get a seat at the table. And in all honesty, I I got that. And then I looked around the table and I was like, I actually don't want to be around this table. I want to <laughs> create my own table and bring people that I want to be at that table and have a decision-making um, ability around that table. And so I, I think that's sort of one of the analogies that I, I really quickly realised. And actually when I got there, and it was like almost, yeah, it was just real funny how it happened. But um, I got there. I realized that I needed a change. And I actually just took three months off work after that time. Wow, <laughs> that's like, crazy, eh? Just because, like, you know, that was sort of the goal as an accountant, you're like partner um, yeah. or, or, you know, director of the company. But, um, yeah, it was just a big realisation that it didn't really actually fulfil me as much as I thought and actually I'd way rather be over here with my mate Pelle, like in the trenches, driving forward but building something that, that you know, is is that we have a lot to play in and, and contribute to. So yeah. I love that. It, it, sometimes, you know, when you're chasing big goals, and I know this from my life, you get to the goal and you're like, is that it? <laughs> was that it? <laughs> and, and I think it's you know part part depends on your chemistry and how you made up and if you've got a lack of dopamine receptors and if you want to go into genetics, <laughs> but you get you finally get to the thing that you've been fighting for so long for and then it's like, huh, what's next? <laughs> and I you know over the years I've sort of learned to try to uh, actually sit and enjoy that achievement for five minutes before jumping into the next mission because I think we, we tend to do that. Like that's just that, you know, right, right next. I got there. I ticked that box. What's, what else is there? And it's never, you know, sometimes never enough. Um, and, and being aware of that, that personality trait, perhaps you've got that too. We'll have to do your genetics one day and see. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Pele, I wanted to talk to you about this too, because, you know, I think, um, you you trans- transitioning out and you you've been a, a giver your whole life like you've been giving to youth you've been giving to the gym members and your you know gym family um and, and you're a you're a, a definite role model and a person that has you know you walk into the room you know you're there um even though uh scott's taller you know you're there <laughs> Boys <laughs> have it easier. Can't tell when we're sitting down, though. <laughs> <laughs> Tall people always have it easier. I tell you, and that sort of um, thing. But um, you, you've you've got a presence and you're a role model for your community. Mm. I want to say, and um, and you have so much now to share. You're at a point in your life where you've been around the block a few times. You've you've worked with a lot of people, a lot of youth, a lot of people with mental. Um, issues and, and challenges, um, how do you now want to give back and how does the, the, the B360 framework that you've developed, I'd like to dive into that, um, you know, what do you see your role being in this in this mission that you guys are on to bring mental and physical wellness to people? Yeah, it, it's truly exciting to tell you the truth because I think, uh, Lisa, we – when we began this journey, we actually had to look at ourselves and our own journeys um, to to actually find where where we were going to go to with it. And we started with a blank page. Essentially, we we kind of didn't know. We had a lot of conversations circulating around, you know, our concept, and, and we knew what the concept looked like. We just needed something tangible to to bring it all together. Um, and we, at the time, we were sort of floating a few ideas and just didn't really kind of know where to land with it. Um, so we spent a good portion of time I dare say like 16 months working on um, all those foundational pieces which which makes up our framework and, and we didn't you know like like Scott said before we didn't 
um, rush into anything because we really knew if we'd done this right and we and really put some good thought into it, then you know everything else would flow on from there. And, and we so what we've done is we, we've had some really robust conversations about how we we navigate this space. And there's a lot of intellectual tennis that goes on between Scott and I. And if you sit on, we had a mate that sat in a meeting like a week ago, and he was like, "You guys just he thinks we're arguing, but we we actually just very honest and 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 we still walk away from those meetings, you know, like really like good mates, and we'll always be very because we, we understand when we go into that professional because. Like Scott said before, we're very different in our, in our personality traits. So mm-hmm. me, I'm the big visionary. I'll, I'll take a mm-hmm. lot of risk and, and you know, and, and I've, I've experienced that with the gym and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Scott, like, brings a lot of detail and process and yeah, system. That's what I need in my world. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's pretty risk averse as well. So, you know, but we, we're a good marriage in terms of, you know, what we bring to the fold. And I suppose when we go into you know, navigating these conversations, we really bring different ideas and concepts. And and I think that's why B360 has so much depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, is and you know, like Scott will be able be able to elaborate a little bit more about what that what that looks like. But it's um it's exciting for us because we know the the goal that we sit on and how we can and what value we can provide to the world. So, um, yeah, it's it's hugely exciting for us. And you've had a, a, got an amazing advisory board too. You've um, you know consulted with a lot of professionals in different areas, from psychologists to uh, you know all, all over the place to actually build this framework. So that's probably a good jumping point to talk about what B three hundred and sixty is about and what your mission actually is. Um, so do you want to start with that, Pele, and just say you know uh, what, what is what is the actual overarching mission? You're the visionary. Right. Um, what is the your end goal? And then we'll get in get let Scott talk about the structure and the detail of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like you, you mentioned, we we've had a lot of people come together, and uh, it was like a focus group that we had um, leadership coaches, uh, clinical psychologists, organisational psychologists, nutritionists, PTs, um, yoga instructors, and we kind of we what we done was we we put a lot of ideas down and. Um, essentially made a framework or built a framework together. Um, Scott will go into the detail of what what the framework um, is, but our vision at B360 is to see a world where people essentially embrace holistic pathways and lead inspired, refreshed and energised lives. And, um, you know, in order to do that, we we really need to get an understanding of how we approach uh, wellbeing. And um, essentially we have three three key pillars that, that start us off, which is our mindset, our connected space, and then uh, their functional space. So um, I'll, I'll pass it over to Scott because yeah. he, um, he's really good at bringing he's on the, He's a great on the structure and detail of that. So over to you, Scott. <laughs> uh, I, I quite often get those, those nice little uh, short balls, or some call them hospital pass. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talk about the detail. We'll just talk about the big dream. <laughs> How are you going to make this happen? So you you have built this 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 lovely framework in it. You know you've got this amazing logo and this amazing, um, you know, vision. So so tell us a little bit about the, the pillars and then how you're actually implementing that in the corporate space and in the in the, the conference space and, and what you're actually wanting to achieve on, on the practical down, you know, actual level. Yeah, cool. So I think just to, to preface it um, a little bit more. So the reason we've got this framework and where we are, where we are now is basically we came together and go, look, we want to establish ourselves as a wellbeing business. Um, and at the time, well-being was a hot word. It still is very much a, a hot word or, or the, you know, a buzzword. Um, one of the things that, you know, we questioned around was actually, you know, what is well-being? Yep. You know, what does it mean to people? And we knew that it can mean a whole array of different things from one side of the spectrum to the other. It's a very confusing, complex subject. It's very personal. It's very subjective to someone's own uh, views and values. And so... For us, we wanted to actually to be able to go into these organisations and, and workplaces and, and to have these conversations around wellbeing. We needed something to set up some parameters so that yeah. we were at least on the same page from the beginning and not spending a whole heap of time trying to 
figure out where everyone sat when it came to well-being either i just don't even really value or know what it is to something that's maybe quite spiritual and in those aspects so really important for us was actually how do we conduct those conversations so that we can provide some thought to help people come on to the conversation that may have been a bit hesitant or reserved because it was just a big unknown yeah it's just one big word of well-being what the hell is it yeah exactly (laughs) and so you know with the pillars as Tony mentioned our, our pillars are very you know it's nice and simple there's three aspects that we see feed into our well-being and ultimately how we feel going through life. And for us, our mission is that we want to see people feeling refreshed, inspired and energized. And and those three things are big words. And and again, they're quite emotive, but we, we ultimately know the sense of when we are feeling refreshed. We know the sense when we're feeling inspired and, and we know the sense when we're feeling energized. So it's sort of, um, those aspects that we want to see people, and you can see it in someone's presence and energy, you know, and I don't want to get too airy fairy or spiritually, but I, I like to been reflecting a lot on energy and, and I like to picture it when, you know how you've got night vision goggles that pick up heat? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I walk around sort of and having those images where I'm <laughs> in a room and I can see people wow. that are emitting heat. Yeah, and, and having their energy, and and for me as well, and and Pelly, it's like when we walk into a room, we bring our energy and, and yeah, our absolutely. heat, Ray, and you know we try and heat up other people. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, um, I love that. That, 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 that. That's such a good um, analogy because you can picture that. You know, you walk into a room. There's a saying on our gym wall. Actually, your energy introduces you before you even walk in the door before people oh. get eyes on you. And I love that because it yeah. is true. Like how you turn up the energy that you bring to the room, people can sense that before you've even opened your mouth. Yeah. You know? Oh, 100%. I love that. And it's not, you know, like it's not airy-fairy. Like you, you, you just go 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 through today and see, sense people's energy, whether you're picking it up subconsciously from their body posture, their, 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 their facial expressions. I don't know what it is, but we know on a, some deep human level how people are feeling when people are negative when people are positive and you know um you know you, you know those typical passive aggressive people that you know no i'm fine i'm you know like you know they haven't talked to you for three days but everything's great um and you just like you know that something's off maybe in, in a in a friendship or something and, mm. and they won't they won't admit it like you know and you know like you just know on a certain level the energy that's 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 coming at you and, and when you think about that, that empowers you to go right. What energy? So when I when I when I come to shouldn't be about me, but when I come to a client, right? I I take five minutes if I can before meeting the person to go. What are my intentions for this person? Not all the details and their blood work and their this and their that, whatever I'm working on, but actually, what is my intention for this person? And then I bring that energy into the 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 room. And I try to like I'm here for you in this in this half hour, this hour, or whatever we've got together. What is it that you need? And I'm listening to them and I'm asking them questions, but I'm trying to pull out where you know from a gut level, where do I need to go with this person? You know, and that's I think what you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, very much so. And and you know I think a lot of that is just being conscious of how we're showing up. Just interrupting this show to talk to you about something that I'm very, very uh, passionate about, and that's photobiomodulation. For the last seven years, I've been using devices from a company called Vilight.com. That's V-I-E-L-I-G-H-T.com. And I use their devices in mum's rehabilitation with her uh, brain injuries. Um, but this is using uh, photobiomodulation, uh, low-level light therapy. It's using the red light therapy and infrared light therapy and there's a lot of clinical research going on i'd encourage you to go over and check it all out on vilight.com and also listen to the two episodes that i've done on this podcast with dr lou lim and with peter adams from vilight um if you're wanting to find out more, I encourage you to look at the research, the clinical research around things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, TBI, uh, autism, PTSD, um, immune system modulation. And it's a, it's a very powerful uh, therapeutic 
that can be used <clears throat> for um, increasing your cellular health. What it does is that on a basic level, it's using your mitochondria. The mitochondria are very particularly receptive uh, to non-ionizing electromagnetic energy to trigger photochemical changes within the cellular structure that are receptive to photons. And at the cellular level, visible red and near-infrared light energy are absorbed by the mitochondria, which are those powerhouses of your cell, which perform the function of producing cellular energy called ATP. And the key to this entire process is a mitochondrial enzyme called cytochrome oxidase C, which is a chromophore which accepts photonic energy or light energy of specific wavelengths. And so it's going to increase your ability to produce ATP. I won't go and butcher the science anymore. I would encourage you to head over to violite.com. And if you do buy any devices, We've managed to uh, get you a discount. If you use the code TAMATI, that's T-A-M-A-T-I with a little T, TAMATI, you'll get 10% off at checkout. So make sure you go and check it all out. Yeah, sometimes I wake up and, and the day is like absolutely chocker full and, and I can wake up and go, bugger, like yeah. I'm back to back to back. <laughs> I don't think I've done all my prep for all these meetings, yeah. but I can either be like, let's just try and rush through this as fast as possible and get by as good as I can, or let's just take a moment and, and make sure that we are showing up. We can't do much because we've got it. We've got that time allocated already, but let's, let's, let's find the best things out of this interaction and this commitment. Um, even though we may not be fully prepared or we've got mm. the next thing behind it and the next two things, yeah. but Let's be in that moment. I think that's that presence aspect that that you're referring to, Lisa, and, um, yeah, very much the same thought patterns as yourself. Yeah, that's just just so gold because this is the reality of most people's lives if we have just back-to-back jam-packed the whole day and you do sometimes you know, I catch myself when I'm tired and you know I wake up and go oh, I don't I don't want to get I don't want to get up I don't want to start you know like I'm, I'm, I'm you, you just like I just want to can I just not go and stare at the ocean for yeah. a half a half a day you know and just just do nothing and you know I never achieve that yeah. you know because I, I will go for a walk and I will take my half hour out or something and then I'm like right back into it because I'm refreshed enough to go back into to the to the you know, into the grind, if you like. But it is it is recognizing the need for that and trying to do that, especially as an entrepreneur or someone who's in a high-powered job with many responsibilities and, you know, kids and things or, or family members that you're looking after, is to take those micro moments and try to refill your cup in, in those micro moments if that's all you're going to get. Yeah, I think it's important um, too, Lisa, that, you know, um, we understand how to generate energy. There's there's different ways. And so throughout our framework, you know, through the mindset, we look at, you know, time that you invest in yourself. You can generate energy by putting, like reading a book or doing something that that fills your, your cup a little bit. You can, in our connected space, it's about that transfer of energy. So when Scott and I come together, we, we get into that connected space and we we um, we transfer energy. He, he'll give me energy, I'll give it back, and then we can walk away bouncing out the door. Love it. When we go into that physical space, you know, it's about what we put into our bodies. We can generate really good energy, clean energy through putting good nutritious food or going for a workout or going for a walk or getting some fresh air. And I think it's um, really understanding that the tangibility of how the framework works and the energy that where attention goes, energy flows. And I think um, being an energy-based model, we, we really want to give, you know, some tangibility about, you know, what well-being looks like and how you can approach it from the different angles and and through those pillars wow i love that and and, because a lot of people are like i'm tired at the end of the day i don't want to go to the gym or i don't want to go training go for a run and it and it's like you create energy by doing that you don't expect to have the energy before you walk in the door action uh, motivation follows action motivation follows the action, not the other way around. And this is like trying to get people to understand that concept that I am never motivated to go for a run, hardly ever, hardly ever. Occasionally I'll get a real like buzz of energy and I'm like, whoa, I can't wait. But most of the time I'm dragging my ass out there. But after five minutes, that's when the motivation comes. 
because mm. I'm actually in the thing and I'm creating that energy. Our bodies like, you know, need to move and they need nutritious food and they need sunshine and they need air and they need time out. And our brain needs a space. We, we need to create a space, especially in this high powered world that we all live in. Mm. We need to create. You know, and, I, and I'm a big fan of that micro moment, searching for those micro moments. You know, if you're like someone like like me with, you know, a, a mum who needs care constantly and you've got 100 clients and you're, you're doing the bloody, I don't know, Facebook ads and SEO and admin and Google and the rest of the crap that comes with running a business, at the same time, you better put high-quality input into yourself, high-quality nutrition, high quality micro moments out in nature, uh, cuddling the cat, watching the birds, looking at the sea, staring at a tree, whatever you can get in that moment, right? And then putting good uh, good exercise into the mix as well because blood flow is energy. It creates energy as well as using up your energy. And it uses up the negative energy often. You know, like when I go for a run or a train at the gym, I'm using up the negative energy that I may have built up you know, from the stress of admin usually. <laughs> it's funny, Lisa, when you talk about all that um, and you have to try and explain it to other people, it's easy to sort of put all that out there, all that information out there, but they're still like searching for but how, you know, how. And I think when we when we go into that space, we really need to start with the individual and um, creating some sort of self-awareness. I think without self-awareness, we actually, we don't um, prioritise or, or make, you know, those things um, a priority within our lives. And once we actually get to, to that point of being more self-aware, we get to, to understand on you know where it, where it sits within you know our daily schedule or you know uh, our routines and it's about creating routine and habit in order to form you know transformational change within our lives because if we don't commit to something um, you know then we're it's always just going to be you know waffly and, and kind of grey and, and we're never going to you know meet any goal that we sort of set for ourselves but once we create that that, that self awareness and then that motive to um, take action then then we've got something you know to start moving forward with and and so we've got to be examples of this Scott and I talk about our self-awareness all the time we've be, we've become better people um, throughout this journey um, and we're always holding each other to account because you know like without those honest conversations and us being an example of of this framework then you know it doesn't mean anything to anyone so we can talk from our own experiences and you know true life um yeah i think walking that walking that talk is is really important for us so um yeah, yeah. it's that's hugely um part yeah. of who we are and, and and when we go back to the conference the well-being journey um it's essentially that the journey never stops. So the journey just continues throughout life. The the, the pursuit for better in life never stops. You, no. you know, the, there's no end to it. <laughs> you don't get to an end point or a destination where it's like, yeah, you've you've won the the jackpot or whatever. It's, it just continues. You know, you, you've just got to keep working at it. Yeah, mm. I love that. And Scott, you know, like when we talk about you, you guys are fit. Like you walk in the room and you you just you've got a fitness, you've got an energy, you look healthy, you 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 obviously train hard. Um and, and that is you living this life, isn't it? You know, so in in yeah, I mean there'll be times when you crook and <laughs> there's times mm. when you've got no energy and some bloody virus or infection has got you or whatever. But you do the things every day that are gonna keep you at your best for as long as possible. And I think that's, you know, that's my 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 goal in life, especially at my age. It's like, Rocky, I've got to start working this stuff out to go backwards because goodness knows I smashed the crap out of myself earlier and did a few things wrong. But Scott, how so how important it is is it for you to live this actual framework that you've you've built for you, the people that you're implementing it. So you go into corporate settings and you're talking to teams about, you know, how do we bring a well-being focus to this team? And you're living it yourself. Do you want to have a have a chat about that, Scott? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> in some respects, it's a it's a pretty selfish endeavour <laughs> <laughs> you know, for 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 me and 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 for the people closest to me. It's you know, I want to live the best life for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I also know that in doing that, 
I'm actually going to encourage and inspire those closest to me to also do the same. So um, if I'm not living that example and, and challenging my own self with um, various aspects of my life, then, then I'm not doing justice to the people that I love and care about as well. And so for me, it's actually just, yeah, holding myself, as Pelly said, to account and, and doing the things that I know get me feeling good and radiating that energy so that, you know, I can, one, feel good, feel refreshed, inspired and energised in my own life and where, where I'm heading, but also for those those that are around me. So, yeah, it's important that that's happening because, you know, and again, we've always got to, you know, being, I guess, starting, not so much, but people know that we're involved with this business and they ask us questions about well-being and I'll sort of mention around what, what my day involves and things like that and they're like, wow, you've got... A lot going on. How's that yeah. work-life balance going? And I'm like, <laughs> Not. Uh, I was like, hey, yeah, you know, it's it's a little bit of a hard one for me because I actually know in myself that I've always had lots of things involved with. I've always been roped into various projects and opportunities, um, and I just now take that on board. and And it's actually getting to the point where actually everything I'm doing in my work is now my life, and I actually just enjoy it. Yeah, I don't enjoy every second of it, but I know it's all towards a higher vision and and purpose that I'm that I'm aspiring to, and that fuels me, and that's uh, largely what my I want my life to entail. So, um, you know, that work life balance, I, I just sort of I take the line that it's just life, um, and and I've had some choice in how I I spend my time and or invest my time in in those various avenues, but. But yeah, in terms of, I just want to be, um, and and yeah, we look at those physical aspects or visual aspects, the external stuff. But um, over the last few years, if I've come to realise anything, you know, it's 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 all around the the stuff that you don't see. Yeah, um, the stuff going on in the, in the between your two ears. Yeah, exactly. And and so, um, really had to sort of you know go on a bit of a learning journey around. Um, that aspect and, and still just as much as you allocate time to go to the gym and work out and, and catch up with friends, it's sort of putting time in, into yourself as well and reflecting on your goals, values, vision. And and again, you know, this this trip here is an example of, of me doing that. The time doesn't happen. You don't find the time. You, you either make it or it, or it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And when you when you're like working with, um, you know, you, you're working in a business, a corporate situation, whatever, um, a school. I know you do a lot of work in, in the schools and things. Um, what is it that you're the the program that you're offering or bringing into the conversation? Like, where do you see the deficits in the corporate world? I probably should put it that way. Like, where do you see that most companies, businesses? Uh, not doing the best that they could for their for their employees. Where do you see that their role should be? Who wants to yeah. take that one? Oh, Pelle? I can take it. Yeah, I think you know, for for us, and we're when we've been into these conversations, is a is a little bit of confusion as to who's taking that role within the organisation. It's yeah. off the tick tick box sort of. Yeah. Uh, process as well um, so you've got people in HR health and safety um, senior leadership teams but no one really knows where where that sits or um, so I think for us it's actually giving them an understanding of well, what sort of commitment are you going to make to this and and where's it going to start because if it doesn't start at the top then it doesn't filter down because no. it doesn't go up upwards so we actually don't go into we're not going to put ourselves in a position where we do a consultation or do something with an organisation where they don't commit from the top. So we're not gonna we we're not gonna sell our soul and, and say, yep, we're gonna do business with you just just to you know clip the ticket. We we we're quite clear on where where it needs to sit, and, and you know for us, it's going on with that level of conviction to in order for them to understand how this needs to be a priority. And um, and for us, we we won't go into battle for anyone that's not prepared to go into battle for their people, um, because yeah. at the end of the day, uh, we're there for the people, and we want to make sure that. Um, it, it, it's it's led um, because it needs to be modelled. The behaviour needs to be modelled from the top, 
you know, you can't be a dictatorship where people yeah. from the top are just saying it's for you guys. Hey, it's, yeah. it's got to be done um, the right way. And so we always make sure that, um, that all those pieces of the puzzle are there before all those foundations are set before we go into um, to commit to a job. So, Because um, yeah, I see in a lot of companies, you know, because I get to work in a lot of different companies and industries and, and get a, a peek behind the curtain, a lot of it is very much we've got to tick that box you know, we've got we've you know we've got to do our due diligence and make sure, just like with all the other tick boxing things that we do in our world, which drives me nuts, right? You know, we we're we're slaves to the statistics department, really. You know, you, you watch teachers, nurses, doctors, and they're all having to fulfil all these criteria. They're constantly filling out forms. They're constantly feeding the database of, of, of statistics, but mm. actually are they having an impact on the ground? A lot of the time, no. Mm. And um, and a lot of the time it's just very much the management's done that. It's just like they've got their quota of Māori and they've got their quota of Pacific Islander and they've got their quota of the um, lesbian community or whatever the, their, their things are that they've got to have their quota of instead of actually having true reflection on equality and true reflection on racism and true reflection on physical and mental well-being of their people you know and then you got you do get like um there's some fantastic charities and things that are starting to come to the fore I've been wor- working with a couple of ones in Taranaki in the the, the building industry and the rural industry, um sector where they're realizing that a lot of their people are mentally not well and we're losing people to suicides week in, week out. Um, and they're starting to do something about it from the from the people themselves. They're so co- collecting themselves into groups and trying to create some resources and things. And, and you know, same similar to what you guys are doing, and you're just doing it on a, you know, a, a, a corporate scale and and a, and a different scale. But it's to me, it's like it has to be a real commitment. It has to be, it's like when I'm working with clients, right? And I've got, you know, one-on-one clients that I'm working with. I am actually looking at that person. The first time I I have a consult with them and saying, can I work with this person? Is this person actually going to be committed to a journey or do I just need this one session and I'll download as much information as I can, but I can't probably work on with that person on -on one-on-one. And I'm very, you know, my, my spidey sense, if you like, is growing all the time as to how is this person, because I have limited resources, if I had a massive amount of resources and coaches and things that I could throw at people and hold their hands for, for every second of every day, that'd be great, but I don't. So because I'm limited, I have to pick and choose not, you know, based on the people's personality and commitment to the journey and to the, to the, to the work that needs to be done. Um, and, Sometimes it just takes people a, a little bit of time. So sometimes it's about, okay, let's have this conversation, let's have a consult, and then when you come back in two or three weeks, you've implemented some of the things, and then we'll have another consult, and then you see they're slowly getting their heads around stuff because you can't just – and we're genetically all different. So some of us will just take action straight away, and some of us need time to ponder, and that's fine, but it's about – when you take that time to actually come to the conclusion, yes, I do need to make some changes here and I'm, go- I'm going to do that. I'm going to start taking some supplements and doing some exercise and optimizing my sleep and doing whatever I'm, you know, we're talking about doing. Um, have they actually got the commitment or are they coming with the attitude, what's your magic bullet? And there is no magic bullet, <laughs> you know. So do you find that too with the corporate? Like just give us this, this, this thing, this course that you're doing. And uh, we'll run it, and uh, then we're yeah. So uh, yeah, it's funny, like um, funny that you say that when when we go into those sorts of consultations, um, people think that we're gonna we're gonna solve all their problems. Um, yep. They're actually part of helping us solve the problem. So we go into sort of a co-design phase where they're Love they're it. as much a part of the solution as, as what we are. So we come with the tools to be able to help them navigate, and, and we know what resources and um, tools we have in the background, and we have a lot at our dispense. But we we don't want to go in there sort of with a preconceived idea or concept of what, what you know what we're going to solve without actually knowing what the problem is, you know. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, and <laughs> that, that's, really that's easy important. to do. It's really important for them to be part of that because then they they get to then put their DNA into you know into the fold, and then we get to then sort of merge what we have in, in the background and support them because we're there as a support mechanism as opposed to, you know, coming with our magic potions and wands and trying yeah. to fix everything. It's not, it doesn't happen that easily, you know, so we've got to, we've got to get in, um, get them in amongst it as well. But uh, with, with regard to the mental health stuff, we've, we've been really invested in terms of, um, again, looking at how we can provide some services and that, that really sort of um, help people in that prevention end um, of the spectrum because that's really important for us. And um, as we know, mental health doesn't discriminate. And, and like when we talk about um, leadership teams and, you know, SLT and that looking at, you know, leading from the front, it's not going to discriminate them. So them pushing it down even further away from them, that mental health is not going to um, be something that they're going to be able to avoid either. So we really want to start from that point. And, and so Scott and I have been, um, we're, we're now instructors with the mental health um, first aid. And so mm-hmm. we've been um, now looking at how we can, you know, share this value to the world because, uh, you know, I, I went through a five-week, uh, a five-day, sorry, uh, training came back um, and was able to apply with full confidence mental health first aid to a friend that was um, at Subway. And um, he'd, he'd just lost his daughter-in-law, had um, taken her life, and then mm. he was um, he was just wiping tears. He was a big, burly rugby league player. And, like, I, when I was playing rugby league with him, he was like, he was like somebody that you didn't want to met, must, met, yeah, miss with. Meet yeah. with. And then he was just, um, he was, like, wiping tears from his eyes. So I was able to then sort of apply, you know, mental health first aid with full confidence and have, um, you know, that non-judgmental approach where I was able to connect him to support and, and Walking away from that conversation and knowing that he was going to be looked after was it was hugely rewarding for me because I I didn't go in um, just observing I, I sort of or you know looking at you know I, I I wanted to make sure that I took action and and had a conversation whereas I think you know maybe a week prior to that before doing the training I probably would have looked looked to support him but I didn't know I wouldn't have known how to. Um, yeah. even though I'm in this space. And so that, that, um, the mental health first aid training is just, it's bloody amazing. Absolutely. And you guys run this now, eh? Like, in, yeah, yeah and I was so hoping we're running to get this down and, there. But, and, um, yeah. And we're really excited about sharing this value to the world because I, I know that it's going to change lives, and and not only professionally, personally, you know, every everywhere you walk, you can see an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody and just check in because it's just a check in process, really. It's um, nothing more than a conversation, and like we walk around this world, you know, with masks on, and we we mask everything that we do you know like we you know we go into different spaces and we're wearing different masks constantly so it's yeah. about having conversations knowing the people that are around you and and um and then being able to unpack you know kind of signs and symptoms that you can sort of identify throughout that and then looking at ways you know to then connect them to support if if they need that Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and you, yeah, you, you're running these courses now. So, Scott, how, what what is the mental side of what you do? The work, the mental health work, mean to you? Yeah, I think again, it just sort of I don't know. For, for me, it, it comes down to you know, again, equipping myself with the tools and the ability to help someone else in need. So I think being able to go away on this course and upskill in this area because it's such a such a prominent area, unfortunately, that um, there are mental health challenges out there. Um, for me, it's like Pelly said, giving me a confidence and a sense of ability to protect or help people that are going through their, for example, previously, and I think a lot in workplaces, people actually genuinely want to help other people um, but in this space, again, it's just another uncertain unknown. I don't know what I should say, what I shouldn't say, how I should approach it, how I shouldn't approach it. And I think just understanding those aspects and some, and some empathy for those that have gone through um, those various illnesses and challenges yep. and, and what, what it felt like for them truly. 
um, just gives you a sense of appreciation for for how serious it is. Um, and again, they likened the pain from mental health, like um, you know, severe anxiety being equivalent to like um, extreme back pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they had that relatedness, you know, for those, for those that sort of think, you know, it's, it's a little bit in their head to get over it type thing that actually the pain is equivalent to that of a physical pain. So it's like, we wouldn't not run up to someone who's just broken yeah. their arm or, or snapped their arm off and there's blood in that. And it's very obvious, unfortunately, in the mental health space, it's, it's not as easy as seeing those signs and symptoms. You actually got to be a bit more in tune and aware of what to look for in the slight subtleties. So um, that's been a massive course and it's really exciting. And um, to be able to get into a, a workplace where these, these people that spend so much time together yeah. um, to equip them with the skills to support and help one another if those signs and symptoms start to occur and, and how to go about those conversations in a real genuine, non-judgmental and, and caring way. That's um, Because we need, like, we need more people on the ground. Like, it's all good to have, you know, um, you know a few psychologists and things, and but you can't get into them. Like, you can't get into a psychologist without a hell of a mission. You know, there's just not enough of them. There's not enough counsellors and there's not enough. So it, it has to be boots on the ground, your next-door neighbour. You know, it has to be your colleague. It has to be, in that first instance at least, you know, uh, caring about one another and, and supporting each other and understanding, you know, the different backgrounds. Because we, we all seem to look, we, we look at the world through our lens. So what I've experienced, I bring to my judgment to you, right? And I think you're experiencing something similar when you could be experiencing something completely different, but that's the, the lens I look through. So it's it's understanding that your chemistry is different. And this is this is, you know, one of the things that, by studying genetics and, and understanding neurotransmitters and the differences and having being a biohacker and experimenting on myself with lots of different um, neurotransmitters and things like I know that I can turn myself into a real dickhead if I make if I if I do anything that's going to up my dopamine levels you know I can turn into a quite an asshole you know because that's what dopamine does you know so for people who take you know, dopamine driven supplements and things can actually turn into very um, goal orientated great visionaries great focus great all of that but actually they lose the connection to the people around them uh, on the other hand people with lots of serotonin and things that are more calm and you know or a lot of prolactin they're very stable and caring and nurturing and so we, we're just this, like chemical like once you like learn you can you can tweak and play with neurotransmitters not that you should do that you know willy-nilly but um you know that that's you know and this is what partly what the the psychologists do and the psycho well, the psychiatrists do with you know different drugs and things that mediate things, but that's we are chemistry. We are our chemistry, and your mood and your behaviour is very much influenced by your your hormones and your neurotransmitters, as well as your backstory, as well as the framework from which you live through, and as well as what you've experienced. Um, so. You know, we are extremely complex beings, you know. And th this mental health uh, first aid course, can people do that with you guys? Um, can they register or is that part through the, the corporate stuff that you do? Or can, can the public sort of reach out to you and come and do this mental first aid course? Yeah. <clears throat> no, so we'll be hosting um, uh, mental health first aid courses. So they're two-day courses, um, but we'll be looking to run one a month. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do um, sort of with workplaces that have enough people um, and interest to go through them, we'll, we'll host them um, specifically for them and their team. Um, so they will be, yeah, they will be hosted around the country and, and available for, for anyone to sign up to. And, um, yeah, obviously we've seen the value that it has for our own selves and so, and, you know, encourage people to start, you know, thinking around those aspects as well. Yeah. Um, no, that's really great. So people can reach out to you. So if, if corporates, people in the corporate 
setting and the companies and stuff that want to reach out to you or people that want to do the mental health uh, first aid or maybe attend one of your conferences and, you know, trying to get conferences up or, around the country. The one that we did in Palmerston where, you know, I got to to, to speak at that one was just absolutely marvellous and, and just so well run and so well organised and just absolutely brilliant. And the energy and the things that we took away from that day has given me a bit of a, a blueprint, you know, like how that's how you run a, a conference. So if anyone gets a chance to go to a B360 conference, that might be coming to a place near you. <laughs> give, the, give the guys a little bit more time. <laughs> um, then make sure you do. So where, where can people find you guys and reach out to you? Yeah, so um, best place is probably to, to jump onto our website, um, www.be360.co.nz. Um, we've also got some socials as well on our on our Facebook and Instagram. So same thing, be360nz uh, is our handle. And, and yeah, I think those are the, the main two places to if you want to get a hold of us. Absolutely brilliant. And Pele, have you got any final words before we wrap it up? No, I just uh, want to thank you, Lisa, for your time and um, giving us the platform to be able to share our concept and uh, a little bit about who we are and, and what sort of drives us towards, you know, um, sharing this value to the world. So um, thank you, Ngamahi, Kia Koto, and um, thanks to your listeners as well for tuning in. Kia ora. Uh, kia ora. Thank you so much, Pele. Thank you, Scott. It's been an absolute privilege having you on the show today. Oh. Same here, Lisa. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Can't wait to be working with you. I know. Get your stuff together. Let's get organised. Let's do it. <laughs> Look out world. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends. And head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.